Happy fall, y'all. Welcome to a new season of Full Body Frequency. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, Full Body Frequency is the podcast talking fashion and beauty, art and culture, health and wellness, travel and love in celebration of the lives of fabulous, full-figured, fat, plus-size, whatever you want to call us, women everywhere. And we also celebrate those of y'all who love us. While you're here, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share. With the pandemic, many of us are spending more time at home. Some of us have turned to gardening for a myriad of reasons. Some of us are avoiding grocery stores. Others fear food shortages. Others just enjoy feeling at one with nature, with a little bit of dirt between our fingers and toes. Some of us are gardening in backyards, others on balconies, some in window seals, and some are eking out growing space on our kitchen counters. Even if you've never been a gardener, my guest Kanye Gilmore covers everything you need to know to plan, plant, and harvest that which can nourish and beautify your body from the inside out. We'll be discussing her new book, Beauty by the Seasons, Grow, Gather, and Heal with Wisdom from the Ancestors. Here we grow. Kanye Gilmore, welcome back to Full Body Frequency. Thank you for having me. It is such an honor to be here with you today. I'm super excited. Good. I'm excited to have you back. Now, the first time you were here, you spoke about the importance of beautiful undergarments and lingerie. Now you're back to talk about your latest venture, Rooted While Rising, and your first book, Beauty by the Seasons. Your background is so interesting. You grew up in Southern Virginia. You worked for Janet Reno, the first woman to serve as U.S. Attorney General. You pivoted to work as a designer for a high-end clothing company. And in between all of that, an education at HU, you know, Howard University. So in addition to that, you've actually explored the world. Now you're an herbalist and a yogi who's literally returned to your roots. What inspired this return? What is rooted while rising? And how does your book, Beauty by the Seasons, figure into all of this? I would say that it was life. There was no one thing that made me decide to return to my roots or write the book. It was a multitude of, I would say, my whole life, specifically a little over a decade, maybe 15 years of just living in D.C., living in L.A., living in New York, traveling the world. And also, as you get older and your elders pass away and you kind of get older and you rise up to be like a junior elder, let's say, <laughs> things that you were not interested in before become more interesting. And the more that I return to doing things that I enjoy doing with my elders when they were present, I found that me able to speak with them more, whether they were here still on this earth or if they had left this plane. And the more you talk to your elders and your ancestors, you remember there's such great remembrance that happens in your body and your whole energy. I was on the corporate track and that's where I was ready to go. But year by year, <laughs> my ancestors kind of brought me along kicking and screaming until I was happy and content to do this work. Um, but it, it was not overnight. It was definitely beautifully slow. And I've had lots of teachers along the way and very fortunate and blessed for that. So basically just being with family, having experiences traveling and realizing how much we are alike. We all 
want to be loved. We all want our families to be safe and happy. And having instances throughout my, my life over the past decade where I had to tap into my traditional medicine that my family and my community is a part of to heal myself because Western doctors just were not able to do it. And the more and more I opened my eyes and was like, okay, okay, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, grandma, you were right. You know, <laughs> the call is hard. The call is hard sometimes. <laughs> Talk about some of those activities that you did with your grandparents and your great grandparents and aunts and uncles and parents. Oh, yes. I mean, just simple things, you know, and I even have it in the book, which is one of the reasons why I wrote the book. A lot of times people make healing, they make meditation or ritual seem like something that is so not a part of us. Mm -hmm. And really, it's your intention behind it. And one of the things that really helped me in this work was recognizing that so much a part, and I want to say everything about my, my life growing up was a part of ritual. And so things like watching my, my grandmother in the morning with like how she cared for herself before mm. she began the day of caring for everybody else, setting aside that time to like have her morning coffee before the rest of the house woke up, get her mind together and read the paper, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. The way that my grandfather did the same thing, but in a different way, he got up every single morning and he would go, and this is before the sun, you know, was up and he would light all the fires in all of the rooms throughout the house. Mm -hmm. And then this is before they had indoor plumbing and he would mm. go out and he would pump the water and put the water on the stove so everybody would have water to you know wash up and my grandmother would have water all ready to go to cook and she didn't uh -huh. have to worry about like lighting the fires or anything like that she never came into a cold kitchen and that was super important to my grandfather that she would never walk to a cold kitchen but you know when you think about that and one of the things that I also thought about that and I put it in the book is chop wood carry water mm. you know when mm -hmm. you when you're stressed and you don't know what else to do, for me, it's when I feel overwhelmed. I think back to those mornings of my grandfather and I'm like, chop wood, carry water, Kanye. Mm. Just chop wood, carry water. Mm -hmm. Do what you can. What you have in front of you, do that. And everything else will fall into place. The answers will come to you as you move, as you get the blood pumping and get the muscle memory and moving along. And I think a lot of times we don't think about those as being rituals. We don't think about those as being lessons, life lessons that are just irreplaceable. Absolutely. And I think about, you're talking about rituals and I think about washing dishes. I mm -hmm. think about taking a shower. I think about just getting outside of my head, going for a walk. There's so much that you can figure out, like you said, when you just get moving, you start to do. That's the important thing. Well, my guest today is Kanya Gilmore. Her new book, Beauty by the Seasons, shares recipes from summer peach ice cream to beet-rooted cream bronzer. And all the recipes in this book are invigorating and use garden-fresh ingredients. In addition, the book includes family stories and poetry to encourage you on your self-care healing journey. Now, Kanya, you contracted the coronavirus early in the pandemic which for some of y'all, we are still in the midst of, because some of y'all don't act like it. 
But you left New York City to return home to Virginia to quarantine and to heal. And although you and I aren't medical doctors, share that story and the protocols you developed to survive and heal from COVID. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and also you know disclaimer everything's going to be different for everybody mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because we also we have different bodies bodies are at different places. I just went into a place that I was I knew I just knew that I could heal myself and I I talked to my doctor. I have a good friend that's a nurse. My mom's a nurse. We kind of like developed a little team and they checked mm-hmm. in on me every day, sometimes every three hours to check in and see how I was doing. And I also did record. Um, so I'm an Aries. So I would write down like how I was feeling at different parts of the day so that one, I would know for myself. And then also I'd be able to tell other people after I recovered. But the important thing is that I would say I did talk to my doctor, my general practitioner. And he was like, this isn't the beginning of the pandemic when they knew nothing. He was very wow. honest. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I could tell you, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is right now, we're just figuring it out. We don't really mm-hmm. even know what to give people. Mm-hmm. We're just figuring it out. And I told him my ideas of what I could do because I knew how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. I was not able to breathe well. As you mentioned before, I am a yoga teacher. So I am very used to taking deep breaths you know, short breaths, Mm -hmm. normal fluid breaths. So I know what it's like to not be able to catch a full breath. I'm in pretty good shape. So I I never winded going upstairs or anything like that. So that was one of the first things that I recognized that I Mm -hmm. wasn't able to catch a full breath or a deep breath. And then it became painful. It hurt to actually take a breath. It was like someone was stabbing you in the back. And then taking the knife out and stabbing you in and then taking it out. So I knew in, intuitively that I needed to change my environment. Also, what I was taking in, it was winter, it was cold. And thankfully, because I knew what was going on in China and I was paying attention to what was going on in the news, um, I had already started myself on a reishi mushroom regimen. Mm. So that was already bolstering my immune system. So thank goodness for that. And then also there's other herbs that I drink. So for example, if I do have a cup of coffee, which is good, but most times I have herbal coffee. So Mm -hmm. my immune system was already in a point that it was ready to fight this. So I use pine needles. I use seder. I use what was in my environment. Mm -hmm. And then also medicine that I have on hand. So I also have an elixir that I have for winter time for people to take that features Seder. But I also have eucalyptus. So I took showers, I did face steams, everything to clear up the lungs and to mm-hmm. help the healing process mm-hmm. in the lungs. I have salves that I use that have Seder in it. So, you know, you think of your grandmother when you were sit, when you were young, you know, Rubbing or giving it. you cod liver mm-hmm. oil or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought a lot about that. So since I wasn't really able to move a lot because I was very weak, I had time to really sit with myself and think back to what my, my grandparents, my grandmothers and my, my great aunts and so forth, what they did when we were sick. And, and I was able to really just channel and use my own experience also as to what would be good for me at the time. And so depending on the different stage of COVID, 
that I was in. And so I'm giving kind of a long explanation because there is no one hit wonder. I I, I don't believe in like, (laughs) you know, you take this one thing and you're good to go. No, especially for the case that I had, like I said, I, I was very weak and which was very out of the ordinary for me because mm-hmm. I'm very athletic. I, I probably could not breathe well for a good week and a half to two weeks. And thankfully my doctor had told me not to go to the emergency room and mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. because at the time they were putting people on oxygen and that would have been not a good thing for me. Mm. But instead I was resting and healing my lungs slowly with the tinctures that I was taking, with the salves that I was taking, with the broths that I was eating, with letting myself take those slow, deep breaths, with the heat therapy that I was doing, and then also remembering the energy that you have around you is always very crucial and important. Absolutely. So sometimes you also have to change the the energy, the, the magnetism that's in your room or that's in your house. Did that include unplugging electronic devices? Unfortunately not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's what I tell my, my clients that they should do, of course. And that's what I would recommend. But at the time I was, well, actually I should say, yes, I did. But not to the degree that I should have. I was kind of hard-headed in that. As they say, you know, healers are sometimes not the best people to treat themselves. I definitely would wish that I had completely unplugged, but I was still working basically with my laptop kind of propped up mm, <laughs> and okay. I was still laying down and I was I had pillows all around me. I had aromatherapy going. I had jazz playing in the background. I had Nikki Giovanni mm. on um, Audible. So mm-hmm. I was listening to Nikki Giovanni. I was listening to James Baldwin. I was like, you know, listening to Nina Simone. Like all of that was kind of in the background mm-hmm. and a low kind of hum because that's the the nurturing and, and strength that I wanted to like mm-hmm. kind of permeate not just me, but also the walls that were surrounding me, mm. everything that was surrounding me. I was wearing very warm, soft clothing. I was wearing cashmere scarves. So I wanted everything around me to be soft and, and what felt loving mm-hmm. and empowering. So when I wasn't working, yes, I was no TV, no Instagram, no nothing like that. And I didn't even really read, but I did have books basically playing in the background, which you aren't always listening to, but your subconscious is. Right, 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 right. So I mentioned a little bit earlier that you were a healer before COVID, but how has COVID changed your practice as an herbal healer and your connections to family, to food and to lifestyle? Oh, I would say that it's changed it in every way, shape, and form. And the most important way that it's changed it is that I listen more. Mm. I I have learned to listen. Oftentimes when people start talking pre-COVID, you're already thinking about how you can help them. Mm-hmm. And post-COVID, and it's partially because, like I said, with a good two weeks that I was out, but it took probably six months for me to fully get back to what I would say was a hundred percent. So I would say the the ability to sit, fill, listen to people, 
not not think about my own thoughts about what they need. So just listen to them and then ask them, how can I help? What can I do for you? What can I provide? Because a lot of times we already know what we need. Nobody, nobody ever asked us. Right. So if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Full Body Frequency. My guest is Kanya Gilmore. She is literally rooted while rising and she wants to inspire you to begin or continue your journey to connecting mind, body, and spirit with her new book, Beauty by the Seasons, Grow, Gather, and Heal with Wisdom from the Ancestors. So Kanya, you mentioned your COVID protocols, but I think you want to suggest something to folks as we move forward. Yes, I would always recommend before using any herbs, especially that if you're not familiar with or anything that I mentioned, please reach out to me or an herbalist in your community. And if you don't know of an herbalist in your community, you can always reach out to me and Laura and we can help you find somebody in your community or I can help. Yeah, I was about to say, she can help you. (laughs) One of the things that struck me about the book, Kanya, is that you said, this is for people who have never gardened and people who have gardened. But but really, how easy is it to grow food? Some of us have brown thumbs, <laughs> literally and figuratively, but what was it like for you to begin growing food? I would say anybody can grow food. Okay. <laughs> I can do it, anybody can do it. Even though I come from a background and a life of like growing up in gardens and growing up going and walking around farms and so forth. When I got older, it was kind of all of a sudden I was like, oh, what, what do I do? Where do I start? You know? <laughs> yeah. no. And this weird kind of, oh, I'm scared. I'm going to mess up. And it's like, you're not going to mess up. And even if you do, it's okay. It's a part of the learning process. And so my hope was to give very bare best basics that people can start with, and especially people who don't have a lot of space, because that's one thing that's a misnomer, is that people think that they have to have a backyard, that they have to grow in the ground, mm-hmm. and that they then they have to have a lot of sunlight. And that's not true. You can grow on your patio, you can grow on your balcony, you can grow inside of your house, you can start with a very small pot, you can start with a big pot, you can grow pretty much anything in a pot. So yeah, you can grow tomatoes in a pot if you want. You can grow cucumbers, you can grow okra. I'm growing okra right now for the Mm. first time. And I'm like so excited. (laughs) I was like, I've never grown okra, but I love okra. So why don't I grow okra? Have fun with it. Start, I think I even mentioned in the book, you can start with seeds so that you can see the whole process. But Mm -hmm. if you want also, you can buy some saplings from people with small little baby plant and plant that and you can have them growing side by side and you may decide growing from seed is just a little bit too frustrating because it takes a while Mm -hmm. depending on what you're planting they don't you don't see any progress all at once and then one day all of a sudden you have a plant that's growing (laughs) so it's just really your preference but my hope is, is with the book that I give people enough easy and easy ways to start and not too much information because I also felt that when I first started and I was looking at books, I felt like this is a lot of information. Mm -hmm. I don't know Mm -hmm. where to start. I can't even start because I don't have, I don't even have all that stuff. So I'm in New York. Where do I get all that stuff? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
That and it's intimidating, access and intimidation. So, well, I mentioned earlier in the introduction that the fear of food shortages has inspired some folks to grow their own food for survival. But everyone has different philosophies about food. But what is your philosophy on growing food for joy and additional sustenance versus survival? I don't grow for the masses. I feel like if I can provide for myself, my family, and my surrounding community, and if everybody does that, nobody will be without. Mm. So that also mm -hmm. means that I don't need to grow everything. I don't grow cucumbers because somebody else is growing cucumbers. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I don't grow basil because somebody else is growing basil. But if somebody needs Vitex, they'll come to me because I have Vitex trees. Somebody needs roses. I, I have rose bushes, so they'll come to me. If mm. somebody needs Tulsi, I grow Tulsi. I grow cayenne peppers. So I grow what I need. And sometimes I will grow things that I won't even necessarily harvest. It's more about having the energy of that plant there. Mm. So I feel like people have a, a variety of reasons of why they're growing. And I think that we need all of them to get us to where we, we want to be and where we need to be. So all the voices, bring it all on. So do you consider yourself a gardener or a farmer at this point? <laughs> You can call me either way. I don't really get hung up on the, the name, mm -hmm. but if somebody asks me, then I will say that I'm a farmer. By the okay. technical technical term by the U.S. government, I'd be a farmer. Basically, you just have to sell $1,000 worth of whatever it is you produce. For example, I grow Tulsi, right? Mm -hmm. So if I decide I'm just going to sell Tulsi tea, if I sell $1,000 worth of that, I'm a farmer. It doesn't sound romantic, but I think the reason that I do like to say that to people is because I think a lot of times we think we have to have a lot of land. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, in many instances, even if you want to have enough production to sell to local restaurants, say you want to grow basil, you can have a quarter of an acre. You don't need to have acres and acres and acres, especially as you're just starting out. So mm -hmm. that's why in the book, I, I focus kind of like a small area. You don't have to wait until you get a certain amount of land. Like my yard's maybe a little less than a half an acre. But you can do a lot with that because it's not about the land, it's, especially if you want to do it as a business. Right. You want to do it as a business. It's about what you can produce. You can, if you want it, you have a sunroom like I do and you want to grow year round, you can just have it inside. As long as you're growing it yourself, that's what matters. Again, I'm inspired. I got my arrow garden during the pandemic. I got my microgreens a-going yes. and I've got a, well, I had them a-going. I got to get them going again, but you just opened up a whole new world of possibilities for a lot of us. Good, I'm glad. <laughs> go have fun, people. Get some seeds and some dirt, you know, <laughs> and learn as you go. Start with one pot. Here you go, one pot. One pot, <laughs> start some okra. Okay. <laughs> now, what is Vitex? Oh, Vitex or Chase Street Berry. Okay. It is, it's, it's like one of my favorite trees. And actually, it's like my feature plant for my new tree farm. So you heard it here first. <laughs> oh, wow. A tree farm. Yes. Okay. We yes. got we to gotta talk about that at some point. I'm going to yes. have to bring you back on the show to talk about the tree farm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Well, clearly, that's bringing you a lot of joy. The thought about it, to talk about it, 
the process of it. I can see in your face. Let's continue on that theme of joy. But let's talk a little bit about joy and beauty in the book, along with food and beverages that you've included in the book and the recipes for food and beverages. You've also got recipes for makeup and hair products. Mm -hmm. And as we move from summer to fall, what are some of the recipes that help skin and hair transition to the colder, drier weather? Well, it all goes hand in hand. We are not one thing or another. And so therefore, what we need evolves and changes. And what's going to make us feel good, what's going to bring us joy, what's going to nurture us, going to heal us. Some things you can use throughout the year, but some things are going to change as you go from one one temperature into another mm -hmm. temperature or one season of your life and the mm -hmm. activities that you do in that season into another season because your activities are going to evolve and change. You know, unless you live in the tropics, the weather's going mm -hmm. to change. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it's actually a continuation of when I was first on here and I was talking about lingerie. You will often wear different intimates in the summer than you'll wear in the winter because in the winter, you're just feeling like you want something a little bit thicker. For most of us that are in the continental United States, we go from a colder temperature when we get into December, January, February. So the same thing goes with what we're putting in our body and what we're putting on our largest organ, which is our skin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... It's all connected. And I think the more we see it being connected, the more joy we will have in doing these things for ourselves because we won't see it as, as something external. So as you think about us leaving summer, even though it doesn't feel like it, because I think it's going to be like 104 in Virginia today. <laughs> it doesn't feel like summer's winding down at all. Right now I've got spritzes that I'm using to keep cool and so forth. And when I get hungry, I'm thinking about like eating a nice fresh cucumber salad mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. my body wants more hydration. You need mm -hmm. to be hydrated all year round, but in summer, it's even more important. Mm -hmm. So I'm wanting that are high in a water content, like watermelon. Like I want to eat chopped watermelon. I want to drink watermelon juice, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like all of that. But as September and then October comes in, especially in Virginia, the weather starts to cool. The leaves start to change. Mm -hmm. We start to bring out the sweatshirts and the cute little scarves. Mm -hmm. And then that's when we're like wanting something like, Mm, like a nice little chai or we mm -hmm. want some kind of like we want to meet up for latte like let's go take a walk in the park and get a latte or something we're wanting something that is going to warm not just their bodies from the inside but think about the experience when you just yourself go for a walk and you're drinking a latte and i have an herbal latte recipe in the book people so mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. herbal latte by yourself with another person, just that feeling that evokes from that, the smell of it, that brings you joy. And I feel like for me, when I'm talking about this, and I'm talking about the recipes with people, and I start smiling, and I'm like, if whatever it is brings you joy, it is okay mm -hmm. to let that be known to yourself. Mm -hmm. Feel it. Mm -hmm. Let yourself feel it. Sometimes we are so like, gotta go, let me just get this drink. This drink is good, but I can't focus on that because I have X, Y, and Z to do. And my thought is, is no, stick with that. If it's five minutes, 10 minutes, give yourself that 10 minutes to recognize that you're drinking and enjoying 
this latte. Mm -hmm. And that could be the same thing with a bath. Mm -hmm. Enjoy or a shower. You're in the shower. Be in the shower. Don't think about making dinner. Don't think about your 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 kids are yelling and fighting. They're yelling and fighting. It, it is what it is. <laughs> and be in the shower. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my grandparents' generation definitely understood that. They would be yelling, screaming, you know, fighting. Like eventually they would be like, knock it off. But they were not at a d- drop of a dime. <laughs> like they were doing what they were doing, you right. know, like right. whatever it was. And they were like, as long as you kill yourself or something, or if we got too quiet, then they would come and check on us. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> we were in a very heightened state of awareness. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially as Black women, we are in a constant flee and fight state. And my thought is, is that I understand that. And it's Mm going to happen throughout the seasons, throughout the year. But give yourself, as you have different stressors, because September, as we're going into into the next season, we'll start, that's a whole different stressor than Mm -hmm. from the summer. Right. Same thing as we enter winter, we have holidays, family, kids are out of school, whole other different stressor that you're going into. Snow. Especially if you're in Chicago. And I think when we start like taking just a little bit of time to recognize that and sit with it and be okay, then we're not so hard on ourselves. We think that we're supposed to do everything and 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 conquer it all and not and not have any hesitation in the fact that we're that we don't want to do it or that right. we're tired. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. no, you're human, so you're gonna you're gonna get tired. You're mm-hmm. gonna not want to do things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is totally normal. That's true. That that's very true. And I was looking at your book, and I was thinking, like, there's so much great information here, and you list all the recipes by season. And then after the listing, the recipes are there along with stories about those recipes. And I found that really fascinating. And one of the things that you you mentioned about your grandfather, making sure the kitchen was warm and toasty for your grandmother so she never had to walk into a cold kitchen to prepare the day for you all, for the family. One of the things though that I read in the book was just the smell of tobacco and Virginia ham in that space that your grandfather had for himself. Mm -hmm. And you talking about taking your time, being present, all of that just harkens back kind of to my childhood, the smell of my grandfather's cigars, Mm -hmm. the smell of my grandmother's face cream. These were rituals that they engaged in and I think we move so quickly and I'm going to go back to the beauty and the hair products because I thought, okay, Kanye's got these wonderful recipes and I could probably create some rituals around not only doing my hair, but doing my hair with things that I've produced from items that I've grown. But then I thought, well, I could just go to the store. So, And we got plenty of natural products out there, this, that, and the other. However, there has to be something said about costs per use. And then also ritual. 
creating rituals for yourself in terms of self-care. Cool. Yeah, I can buy natural hair products from Black-owned companies, but could I do it myself when I make time? Not if, because it's it's not even, it's, it's not so much if, because you can do it, but it's mm -hmm. when you do it. Talk about some of the, the recipes that are in there for beauty, like relaxation, face mask, hair mask, shampoos, you know, makeup. What, what you got in here? I mean, there's a lot. So what are some, what are some of your favorites? I'm so glad that you said all of that and you mentioned all that because a lot of the stuff that I'm saying now, I don't go into great lengths explaining in the book because mm -hmm. I feel like, especially women, we read a lot already. And True. so we know a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. We know we need to take time. We know we need to do this. We need to do that. <laughs> so I felt like I did not need to tell you in this book that you need to like take five minutes, 10 minutes. Right. But I felt like if I told a few stories, Mm -hmm. that you would remember just things in your own life. And that would kickstart your own thought process of like, yeah, I can find five minutes. I can mm -hmm. find 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so my hope also was is that I give you one, enough variety of recipes. But the key for me, and this goes back to the gardening aspect or even purchasing it. And I do mm -hmm. recommend for people in the book to try to purchase from farmers, local farmers, if they can, or mm -hmm. their local CSA, if they can. You'll kind of notice in the book that my, my recipes do not have a lot of ingredients. And that mm -hmm. was very intentful because I don't know about anybody else, but I've opened up a many of books. <laughs> it's like you have to buy so many different things. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I've been crafting these for decades. So it's probably literally since my teens, through my 20s, through my 30s and so forth, and, and, and all the way up until today. And mm -hmm. so I've been tweaking them here and there. And I was like, how can I choose recipes that if I have lavender, Mm -hmm. How can I carry lavender from spring through summer into fall mm. so that if you are going to grow lavender yourself and make that investment in time and money, there is in the book a variety of recipes, whether they're for your hair, whether it's a, a body oil, whether it's a food recipe or a drink recipe, there's a variety of different things. Same thing with rose. So even mm -hmm. if you decide to buy from someone some roses, it carries throughout the book so that you feel like the investment in yourself mm -hmm. is worth it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's worth it in a financial sense because I want to be very conscientious about what things cost Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. people's availability, because not everybody has the time <laughs> to go scouring around trying to find a whole bunch of ingredients. At least I don't. That's how I kind of felt about it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to make sure they carry throughout the season. Now, as far as my favorite, there's, <laughs> there's so many that are like my favorite. I would say that off the top of my head, one of my favorites is my tea cake latte. Oh. <laughs> 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 and I put with the recipe, I put one of the quotes from the book by the Orneal Hurston in there. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and so for people who are not familiar, and actually, it's also my favorite movie. So don't anybody get mad at me. <laughs> but I, I, I thought the movie was great. <laughs> so, I mean, the book is really great, too. But mm -hmm. I really love the, the visual the quote that I put in the book for that their eyes are watching God, I just knew that that was going to go with mm -hmm. that latte that I've been drinking for probably like 
10 years eh? mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. it makes me feel sexy it mm-hmm. makes me feel loved mm-hmm. it makes me feel like let's go to a juke joint <laughs> yes <laughs> all about it covid free juke joint yes yes, yes you know Sorry, right? yeah. it just makes you feel warm and mm-hmm. just loved mm-hmm. and, and loved on yeah I'm not saying that that's what's gonna be for you you could just be like it's just yummy but yeah. for me definitely that I would say also my chai tea that named after my grandfather granddaddy smokehouse chai mm. so that's in autumn so that's coming up mm-hmm. um and for summer would be my Lucy spritzer mm-hmm. so <laughs> which I named after my um, little niece yeah, there's just so many great ones. Um, I love my beet rooted, which actually I have a little bit on. A oh, little bit of food. Okay. <laughs> Come up a little closer to the camera. Let me see. I don't know if you can see it. I don't know. I don't have it on real dark. So. But you got a glow, though. You have a glow, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I guess it's like 104 today. So I'm going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and any of the oils. Um, mm-hmm. I have some bath and body oils in there, a facial steam that has like lilacs. It's in the springtime because my lilacs, they bloom in the springtime. My great grandmother, Lucy's house, basically took care of like four generations. So Mm. she raised her family in that house. And then when she left, my grandmother, Ethel, moved back home and moved into the house. Mm. And, and we would go and, and visit her. And, and so it's basically like my generation, I feel like, was grow, grew up in that house as well. And now, you know, my cousin is staying there. So the next generation is living and, and growing up in that house. Mm-hmm. And she had this very large, beautiful, uh, ridiculously fragrant lilac bush that her and my great grandfather planted. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just it just reminds me of renewal. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of love. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that feeling of cocooned mm-hmm. and safety. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. every spring when that blooms, I just feel like everything in me just opens up in a beautiful kind of way. And so that's why I made a face theme, a facial skin. And I called it Mod Years. <laughs> You're looking for it in the book. It's called My Dears. My Dears. Okay. So we've talked a lot about family. I've got a lot of memories bubbling up in me in terms of my grandparents' house and picking pears off the tree and peonies and that sort of thing in Chicago, mind you. (laughs) But if you could share only one recipe from Beauty by the Seasons that epitomizes your family's rich history and legacy, what would it be and why? That's hard. <laughs> Can I get two? Sure. Well, two Me sides too. of my family. So okay. my mom's side of the family, I would say my honeysuckle pound cake. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are killing us here, Kanye. You're killing us. <laughs> so my mom, in my mind, and yeah, in my mind, in my eyes, and in my belly, my mom makes the best pound cake ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and, and actually this past winter, she spent New Year's with me and we quarantined for New Year's and Christmas together. And 
we made pound cakes together. And I was like, I want to make my honeysuckle pound cake for you and let me know how you like it. And she liked it. And so I was like, well, it's going to go in the book. I was like, if it's mom approved, but I even mentioned this in the book, there's nothing like fresh baked cake and the smell of it. I'm not a big baker. But I think that's because I grew up with the most amazing bakers on both sides of my family. I mean, these women can just, oh, just, oh my goodness, they can bake, you know? (laughs) So I love my mom's pound cake. It reminds me of love. It reminds me of sweetness. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm feeling like I need more sweetness in my life, just that, that sweet love kind of feeling. My mom's side of the family is just so sweet so humble, just sweet people. And then on my dad's side of the family, I would say my bid with elixir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you spoke about this in your video from your Instagram live when you were launching your book. Mm-hmm. Please yeah. share this story. It's a great story. My grandfather, Edward, and my grandmother, Geraldine's house. Um, that was the place to be. It was full of family, just bustling with people. And it was just the most exciting time. I Mm -hmm. loved it. And it was always warm. It was always food in the air and just like everybody laughing and talking. And when I would like make my way into the kitchen would always be like all my uncles and my great uncles and great aunt kind of like standing around my grandmother and her Mm -hmm. other siblings playing. And they would, I mean, It is the most beautiful thing to watch your elders be kids again, Mm -hmm. you know, because Mm -hmm. they all grew up with each other. Mm -hmm. So they're just playing cards and talking trash to each other (laughs) and telling each other to be quiet and shut up and (laughs) slamming their cards down on the table and laughing, like just, you know, big, deep belly laughter, you know, and that easy way that they sit back in their chairs and, and the, the, the way they do their mouths, the way they smile and the way they kind of give each other the eye when they're mm-hmm. trying to be sneaky and the way they mm-hmm. talk across the table. Like you can't get that <laughs> anywhere but at home, mm-hmm. you know, and it mm-hmm. is just such a, a feeling of familiarity that you can't buy. Mm-hmm. And to be able to be with people that know you and to be able to joke around with people that know you, give each other a hard time. Like mm-hmm. as you get older, you realize how incredibly priceless that is to be able to be at ease like that with people and your family. Mm-hmm. And so I tell people that's why I'm so passionate when I speak because I grew up in that mm-hmm. kind of rich environment of, mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, and they, you know, they're loud. So like, <laughs> don't yeah. <laughs> your voices, loud and just, I mean, just loud. Loud in love. Loud and love. Um, we had a family reunion um, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago and it was virtual except mm-hmm. for the people who live like together who are kind of bubbling together mm-hmm. and I went actually over to my aunt's house and so I've now apparently become old enough to be a junior elder and so they, <laughs> taught, they began teaching me how to play bid with. So I'm like, wow, wow. okay. 
<laughs> I'm so super excited. So, like, it was really, really great to have them start to teach me. So, yeah. But do you know how to play spades as well? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I okay. love playing spades. Yeah, me okay. and my cousins and my brother, everybody played spades in my family. Played with and talk and stuff like that. No, mm -hmm. only pretty much the adults played that. Right. Right, right. Okay. All right. All right. More culture, more culture, more <laughs> culture. Speaking of culture, the highly rated Netflix series, High on the Hog, which was inspired by uh, Dr. Jessica B. Harris's book of the same name. In its first season, the show, the series, and actually it's been announced that it will have a second season, which is okay. absolutely wonderful. Yeah. The series explores how enslaved Africans are the foundation of U.S. food culture from rice to, that we brought over from the continent of Africa to macaroni and cheese to oysters to formal catering to barbecue. And from before the Mayflower to today. And the history of these contributions is so rich and, and well documented. <laughs> Given the same richness of recipes and family stories that are found in your book, I'm wondering if there's a TV show or a streaming opportunity in the works for you. Oh, that's very interesting. I had not thought about that, but now mm. I'll put it on a list now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's next for Rising While Rooted? Oh, well, um, I'm really actually really excited. Um, I've had some demand for an herbal medicinal line <laughs> that I sell. Um, I've had a number of inquiries on a beauty line. So I am putting forth a beauty line that I will be selling into this season throughout the mm. next year. So be on the lookout for that. So if you don't want to make some of the recipes, some of them I will be selling like the Cleopatra Jones bath soap which I love. That's also one of my favorites. And then next, I will be going to a number of countries that I have friends and family in and going to other rural areas to learn from other people on their beauty habits and rituals and secrets that they may want to share for mm -hmm. another book on world beauty. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. Kanya, congratulations. It's wonderful. So with everything that you've got going on and everything that you're producing, how can folks connect with Rising While Rooted and pick up Beauty by the Seasons? Right now you can order Beauty by the Seasons on Amazon and you can go to my website, which is www.risingwhilerooted.com. And you can also get in touch with me through the website. And I also have products on the website. And I also have additional services that are listed on the website. You can also reach me through Instagram. So Instagram, we are rising rooted. And you can always just send me an email or DM me. All right. Well, Kanya Gilmore, thank you so much for being back here on Full Body Frequency today. I so appreciate it. You coming on and joining me. And this book is absolutely phenomenal. Again, the stories are incredible. The recipes are incredible. And it's time for us to indulge in some self-care. It's not selfish. It's all about survival. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And until next time, tune into your own Full Body Frequency where large is luscious living.